0: All right, so today, Randy's going to be up here with me. He's grabbing a microphone right now, but today we're doing something different. So this week and next week, we actually are going to do two standalone messages. They're going to be different uh, themes or categories. And so for me and Randy, if you guys don't know this, and Vince, we're all something called elders here. And an elder's role is to oversee the church. And even when you read your New Testament Bibles, you see this term overseer and elder being used interchangeably. And so part of that is that as we look out and and watch the church and see how they're doing, there are moments where we go, man, we want to shepherd our people well. We think this would be good for them, okay? And so this week and next week, we're going to take – Two weeks, essentially, to talk about two different things. Next week is going to be kind of a normal sermon. There's only going to be one person up here. and But today, there was something that was kind of on our hearts to share with you guys. And, and I'll start with why. Um, have you guys ever seen the show Touched by an Angel? It was on when I was a kid, right? So this show when I was a kid was... Did someone. Did someone say stop? Uh, <laughs> but there was this show <laughs> called... Uh, Touched by an angel when I was a kid. And the concept of the show were these three angels that looked very human-like would go around and they would get these, you know, uh, missions from God. And they would go out and they would help these people, these normal humans, through these big moments of their life. And it would be these life-changing moments for these humans. And they'd be like, man, God is real, but not Jesus, but God is real. And so, and so they believed in these uh, angels and what they were doing. It was a popular show when I was a kid. The reason I bring that up is because I think sometimes that our relationship with God is a little bit like the show Touched by an Angel. And here's what I mean, is a lot of us exist just in these moments where God does these big and miraculous and mighty things. And yet, when it comes to our day-to-day walk with God, we kind of are ho-hum about it. We we aren't very zealous about it. And so we. it's easy to come to church on Sunday because that's kind of a bigger moment for us, but then the Monday through Saturday, walking day in and day out with our relationship with God is tough. And so my hope for our church is that we wouldn't have these touch-by-an-angel relationship or this kind of a touch-by-an-angel relationship with God, but that we would have something that's more biblical. And so... Today we're going to be talking about just our walk with God all throughout the New Testament and even the Old Testament. God describes our relationship with him like a walk. And so as we were thinking through this, Vince and I, we realized that Randy uh, exemplifies this very well. I think Randy walks with God, like if you want to know someone that walks with God in our church, Randy is one of those people, day in, day out, he's seeking the Lord, and so, did I go deaf, or is there a ringing now? I'm going deaf. Okay, uh, (laughs) So today we're going to kind of take some time and we're going to look at some disciplines. And our hope today is that, that we would look at these disciplines. And I don't want you guys to hear, Anthony and Randy said, we got to do all these things to be better Christians. I don't want you to hear quite that. What I want you to hear is the God of the universe, through the gospel and through his son Jesus, has made it possible for us to have a relationship with him. And because of that, we we should... Uh, take advantage of that and have a relationship with him. And so we're really going to look at these kind of th- three main areas of, of spiritual disciplines, as they've been called. We're going to look at prayer, we're going to look at God's word, and we're going to look at um, by, uh, and uh, praise. And we hope today that by the end of it, that we'd all feel uh, like we can go into this year diving into a deeper relationship with God. Now, something else we're gonna have is uh, the this phone number up on the screen. If you have any questions about um, the disciplines or things that we're talking about, or you're not sure what we said, feel free to text that number that's on the screen. I'll get it on my computer in my email. And uh, I'm not. We're not gonna answer every question, but if I think it's a, a particularly good question or, or pertinent question, or maybe if we only get one question, we probably will answer every question. Um, Then we will. But I would ask that you would keep your questions um, related to the area that we're talking about. So when we're talking about prayer, that would be a prayer type question, um, Bible reading, Bible type question, and uh, praise, praise type question. So that's what we're going to have. So first, um, we're going to talk about uh, prayer, okay? I want to read a text for us so that we're rooted in the Bible today and not just hearing me and Randy's opinion. Uh, So. The first text that we're going to read is in Mark chapter 1, and it's verse 32 through 39. And it says this. It's telling a story about Jesus after a day of ministry and near the end of the day of ministry. It says, that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. I I tell this story. It sounds really random, but it's a real. It's always a story that struck a chord with me because Jesus just had an all-star day of ministry. He's casting out demons. He's healing everybody. He goes to bed, and what I do after I have an all-star day is I sleep in the next day. But Jesus, he actually wakes up early and he goes out to pray. The son of God, the triune God of the universe, Jesus, goes out to pray. And so as I read that passage, I'm just struck with, man, if Jesus felt prayer was essential to his his life, how much more so is prayer essential to our life? And so we're going to take some time here to talk about that. And so, Randy, um, my first question for you is just how has prayer impacted you most?
1: Well, first, I hope I live up to the hype here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, prayer has uh through the process of uh, my own sanctification it's it's uh developed over years. I'm uh 57 and I hope uh, next year at 58 it'll even be uh stronger. But it's impacted me through uh, uh from a standpoint of wisdom. It's helped immensely in my marriage, it's helped uh, going to God as I've raised three daughters. Uh down to uh, well down to obviously being a, a an elder here at the church
0: yeah, that's awesome yeah I uh, my question for you my next question to kind of tag on to that as I've seen how prayers impacted you uh, is where do you where do you hope to get better at prayer this year
1: I hope to be more consistent um, spend more time in it uh, and this is I was thinking about these questions earlier. It's it's honestly a desire of my heart to uh, just spend more time in quiet. I've got an office that I built for myself, and just to be out there spending more time. I was thinking about this morning, in fact, about things to say uh, coming up here, and I'm like, well, why well, should maybe I should pray about it yeah. as as That's a, a kind idea. of a yeah. Yeah, what a what a concept. I do that sometimes. So we. <laughs> Also, we, we as, a, uh, as a staff, as an elder board, went down to, uh, it was several months ago, to uh, a conference at uh, the Big R down in, in Gilbert. And we uh, listened to a guy speak, uh, Paul Miller. And he would put up on the screen the things he was doing as a discipline for prayer. And I thought it was something, well, if he's doing it, I should for sure be doing it. So these are my prayer cards, dated. And they are people that, well, people that I have talked to that have asked for prayer, people that uh, uh, don't know that I'm praying for them, that I pray for, that are also people, you know, well, my family members, um, for you, for Cora, uh, Amelie, uh, James, and Finn uh, as elders and things we've uh, talked about that require prayer.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think those uh, those prayer cards are, have been impactful on you and Vince in particular. Uh, I've just watched how you guys have just said like your prayer life for others has really come alive through through using that. And so they'll put someone's name down and they'll, they'll put the prayer request that they originally asked and then they might update it months later or update it with other prayer requests on there. And so um, it's a cool little tool um, that Paul Miller taught us and um, yeah, I think it's a great thing. For me, from that same conference, an area that I hope to get better at prayer is I think that m- my prayer life has become um, almost too routine. Um, not that I'm praying all the time, but when I pray, I try to pray through the Lord's prayer. And I'm not just reciting it. I'm, I'm trying to pray in my own words. So when, it, when the part of the prayer says, our Father, I'm trying to spend time saying, God, help me to see you as Father. Hallowed be your name. I'm, I'm spending time praising God. And that's good. And I think we should do that because that's how Jesus taught us to pray. But as we were at that conference, something I was struck by was this kind of uh, idea of being childlike before God and praying for through, like, everything with God and bringing all of my mess to God and and talking to God about everything all throughout my day. And I, I got that picture because my, my own daughter does that. Like right? She comes to me with everything and talks to me about everything pretty much, unless I ask her, hey, how was your day? What would you do? Um, but if I don't, she'll come to me and tell me everything. And so I was struck by it what Paul Miller was talking about, and I just want my, I just want an ongoing conversation and relationship with God throughout my day, so that's, a, that's an area I personally am hoping to get better at, too.
1: And with the cards, too, it's fun to see his, his thumbprint and fingerprint on the edge of the card, just from the the oil of his fingers, how many times he'd prayed over these people and the uh, the things he'd written down, and then also the answer to prayer, as he would have specific dates of things when he's began praying for something and then the fulfillment, fulfillment excuse me, of that prayer.
0: That's great. All right, so my next question is, how would you hope that our people would grow in prayer this year?
1: I would hope that they would, well, this, and again, afterwards, if anybody wants to ask us about it, I would highly recommend these cards. They keep me, again, just to reiterate, focused on who I'm praying for. And so I don't want to miss something that someone has specifically asked me to pray about. And I don't want to, uh, as I'm talking to somebody, say, and I say to them, hey, I'll pray for you about that. I would forget. So for me to write it down and to bring this out on a daily basis, I feel more uh, that I'm, well, upholding what I would told the person that I would do, that I would pray for them. So as it relates to this congregation, I just think that uh, if you can emulate what what we learned, uh, that would be something I would I would uh, recommend.
0: Yeah, that's good. I got a good question in here from uh, someone here, uh, and they and I think this is great for you, actually, Randy. Um, so, how do you uh, personally pray with with your wife or your spouse um, with Kelly, as your only spouse? So,
1: <laughs> it's that we're not in that kind of church.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Years ago, I was driving someplace, and uh, my wife Kelly gave me a a sermon from, uh, I think it was Keller, and he was talking about um, his conversation with his wife Kathy, and about how she was, as I recall, it's been a couple years, how she was basically uh, suggesting to Tim that they pray together, and he'd been a pastor for 25 years. And my thought is, wow, my goodness, this guy's a pastor. This is Tim Keller, and he doesn't pray with his wife for the last 25 years. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, and that really <laughs> wasn't the message. So as it relates to me, though, I think it's, it is sadly, this is the downside, seasonal, but that's part of life. I think the last quarter of last year, I, I and it's my responsibility, have not been as intentional as I should be with Kelly however it is always my desire to pray with her uh, and specifically Kelly would and I appreciate the fact that she wants us to pray longer and that is ultimately my goal and we're talking longer 10 15 20 minutes uh, but even if I can't do that I know she appreciates just the one minute prayer as I'm stepping out the door it's when we do pray together the marriage is better.
0: That's good. That's great. Um, so a few other questions kind of related. I'm going to combine them all. But um, one person said, is there a right way to pray? Or am I allowed to pray to, for other things that in my life rather than, uh, or should I just pray for God's will to be done and, and for others? And then I also saw, is it okay for me to use uh, written down prayers and pray through those kind of, uh, and like read them out loud, like from the Puritans or Reformers? And And so you can tag on to this, but I'll start to answer it. So I would say that um, I don't know if there's a right way to pray. I don't think there's, I I don't want to say there is a right way to pray. There's probably some wrong ways to pray. And I would say in, and that's in a matter of like, are you addressing God um, for who he is? Right? Because I think sometimes we pray to God like he's a genie and and we have these ideas about God that are incorrect, and that's okay still to pray that way, because God's going to disciple us and change us over the years and cause us to learn in that. And so again, I want to say, man, there for sure are wrong ways to pray, but I would just say, um, you know, pray in community together too, because then your hopefully your community group will begin to see and say, hey, you know, when you um, pray for that thing, I don't think you should, <laughs> right? But then, when it comes to like just life and everyday things, and should I pray to get that job, or should I pray that God provide me with this? Or I remember when I was a kid, I felt super guilty praying that I would get a bike at Christmas. Right? I don't think any of that was wrong. Like I think God wants our heart. So if that's a, if that's what's on your heart, bring that to God, and um, and. And, and ask for those things. And here's the deal. if God doesn't want to give them to you or if maybe you're asking for the wrong things, God, through the Holy Spirit will hopefully let you know that. Okay? And so and then with the uh, praying prayers like uh, that, you, that, that are written down and you kind of just pray it out loud, yeah, I think you totally can do that. I think you have to guard your heart and make sure it's not just you reciting words and, and feeling good about yourself, but that it's you actually relational. Uh, relationally interacting with God, if that makes sense. I don't know if you have anything to add to.: I did get the bike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, praise be to God. So I prayed right. I prayed right. Uh, been praying right since I was nine. Um, I'm just kidding.
1: I have nothing to add other than I think the uh, the cards, again, keep me on task, and as I develop a relationship with that person, it's not static. I will add to the card and put little tags on things that that person uh, has asked me to pray about or that I want to pray about that person for. So specifically, in an elder meeting we had several months ago uh, with Anthony and Vince, Anthony was uh, heartfelt about his desire for Amelie to come to to know the Lord early in life. And we basically paused and said, well, absolutely, we should be praying for that. So... Am I specifically praying for Amelie beyond that no, in that she's young I don't know her that well, but as I'm here in the church and she grows up, I will add that to the specific prayer card. But this specific one has uh, Verity, Jess, Finn, James, Amelie, and Cora on it that's to awesome. pray for that specific thing as it relates to the children.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. Thank you for that. Um, I do also want to tag on to the this this question of is it is there a right way or a wrong way to pray i want to think be clear in that i don't really think there are many wrong ways to pray in that when you read the bible and you read the psalms in particular sometimes david is saying things that aren't true about god to god right like he's saying to god god why have you turned your face away from me can you imagine God going like, "No, I don't have a face." Or what like uh, like there's so many ways that's wrong, but, so God wants our heart when we pray. and so I, I want to be careful. I want you to know that too. And so even though I think it is important how we address God and that we know who He is, I want us to be careful to realize that God just wants our heart, He wants our mess, and that's okay. He's going to correct our mess and correct us where we're wrong, um, and that's okay too. Um, so uh, anyways, um, uh, kind of a, under prayer, there's this discipline called solitude, and we see it in that passage with um, Jesus in Mark, where he goes out and, and quiet, in a quiet place and he prays, and we see this in the Gospels and a few other places with Jesus, and I just would wonder, Randy, how have you used solitude specifically to um, help your prayer life?
1: Well, it's better when I find solitude to do it, and I, I need to get rid of the distractions and away from my computer, away from my phone, away from the, the, uh, the Facebook, uh, Instagram uh, thoughts that can, uh, I think, invade us all. And I'm pretty good about staying off that social media, but hopefully just in the morning I'll check it, and then I'll miss messages for the rest of the day. But for me, when I can find and, and, and turn off that and be quiet and be still and know that he's God and pray... I will, my prayer from the standpoint of going for 30 seconds will go for 15 minutes, and I won't know that 15 minutes has passed. And this is just having a dialogue, praying, and I'm not even looking at these cards at this point. This is just heartfelt things that that are on my mind and that he puts on my mind to pray about.
0: That's great. Yeah, solitude has been... Uh a good thing for me, too. I think it just, you get to a place of solitude, it's almost uh, easier to focus on God. It's easier to possibly hear from God. Uh, And so I I suggest to a lot of people that they they should know a place near their house outside uh, that they could bike to or walk to that would be um, a place of solitude for them. and, And let that be a place when it's warm enough, which it has been all winter here, uh, to go and to pray and, and to seek, seek the Lord. Um, one, one other question here that came up that I thought was good. and I'd like to hear your opinion. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this. Um, but Randy, how do you, how do we listen to God during prayer? And, uh, then they said, we are all very good at talking to God, but we aren't great at listening to God. So how do you listen to God during prayer? teacher of the yeah. His name was Jarvis, Jarvis. Is a cool
1: uh, just backing up a little bit. He was, his prayer time, speaking about going outside, he would go outside in, I think it was like a wooded area, and he would just walk and commune and pray until he walked into a tree. So he, he changed his style, and then he would go to a local baseball diamond, and he would just just do laps around the, the diamond and pray and talk and commune with the Lord. So I thought that was kind of a, a yeah. good way to specifically do it.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, yeah how do you how do you listen to God while you pray?
1: I think it's difficult for me. I I with my personality, I want to uh, I want to lead the prayer and to answer questions specifically. I just have to to slow down and sometimes try to block out. What I'm my task list is for that day, my to do list, the uh conversations, what's for dinner, am I going shopping, yada yada yada. So I can try to be in a vulnerable position to, to listen, and, and if and when I do do that, I do, he'll we'll put something on my heart specific to whatever I'm thinking about, uh, with what I'm going through.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, for me, uh, when it comes to listening to God in prayer, I actually try to spend intentional times um, when I'm praying through, when I get near to the end of the Lord's Prayer, where I just stop and say, God, is there anything you want to speak to me? And I'll just sit in silence, which is another kind of discipline that sometimes people use um, in their prayer lives. And so... uh, I think part of that though is knowing how does God speak to you. And I think God loves us all uniquely. And so I think sometimes the way he speaks to you is differently um, than the, the person next to you or, or maybe the example of how Elijah or somebody in the Bible is hearing from God. And so, um, so sometimes God might, for me, just give me a thought or sometimes he gives me a verse. And I know like that's what he wants to speak to me in that moment. Um, and I know people that hear from God in more clear ways than I would say for myself or or whatever that might be. And so I do think it is important though to spend uh, intentional time in our prayer lives where we try to listen for God. But it's not an exact science. I think it's more of an art and it takes years of, of practice um, uh, to do that. Um, I think one person on here, Randy, is pandering to you a little bit. They said, is golf considered solitude? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I think for me also. I just it, got a text from Kelly saying, no, it's <laughs> not. <I'm> just,
1: <laughs> I love being so outside. I love hiking and backpacking and as it relates to golf, just from a standpoint of being outside. So yeah, that's that great. is, uh, it's, it is uh, a discipline from the standpoint as you started, but it is also something where I will actually do that as I, am, I live in Sedona. So sorry for you guys in Flagstaff. But the the sheer beauty of the rocks that I'm blessed to, to live next to does, in fact, invoke praise and prayer.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one last thought. My I asked Randy this question, like, what is our hope for our people, our church, to grow in prayer this year? My hope is this, is that that we would just pray more for the lost to be saved. And I've been listening to a lot of different leaders in different movements, whether it's Um, more conservative uh, movements or more charismatic uh, Christian movements and um, people that have seen God really move and expand the kingdom and every single person regardless of their personality or temperament they all said the one thing that was really important was we were praying a lot we were talking to God we were asking him to move and, and to do something and And that's kind of my heart for us as a church in regards to Flagstaff, that we would look at this city of something like um, 80 to 90% non-Christian, non-church-going person, and we would say, God, we need you to move. God, help us to have the right conversations. Holy Spirit, empower us. And that it wouldn't just be like a, hey, I prayed that one time, but that we would um, consistently pray throughout the year for that until we see God move or we hear God say, "Hey, I'm not going to move, <laughs> which I don't think you would um, say that. but um, let's move on to the to the next kind of category, uh, Bible reading and um, kind of the word of God as a discipline. and I'm just going to read from Psalm one nineteen and just two verses one oh two through one oh four. And this is what it says. It says, I do not turn, as, uh, turn aside from your rules, for you've, you have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Psalm 119, if you've never read it, is a it, is the longest psalm in the Bible. I think it's the longest chapter in the Bible, and it is just verse after verse about the author's love for God's word and his law. Now, I think there's something in us. We read that rule right away. I do not turn as, turn aside from your rules, and we're like, no, I'm not. Ugh, I hate rules, right? But I think what this person was trying to communicate in this psalm was that, man, God's way is right and good for us, and so God's word is important for all of us, um, and so Randy my first question for you is just why is Bible reading so important to you?
1: I think it's it's uh, indicative of of prayer. I I hunger to to be in His Word to to learn, uh, f- and, and again through the Bible, there's different uh, uh, sections of the Bible that speak in different things from you know like the, from the poetic literature to the wisdom literature. To the epistles, So for me, I just hunger to have, over the course of a year, as, as what I do from reading the Bible in a year, I enjoy the different sections of the Bible, and I hunger to read them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I love uh, that verse in Isaiah that says, God's word does not return void. And I, I think through that when it comes to Bible reading, because I just think that mm. God, yeah, like we could potentially encounter God through his word. Right, like the spirit's going to work and do things, um, but I think we sometimes um, we either overemphasize the word and we make it maybe too much of a a workspace thing, but I think more often than not we we undervalue it and see that man you can encounter who God is through His word. Um, uh, Question two for you, Randy: Uh, When did you first really begin to love the Word of God and love the Bible, and, and why do you think that happened? I think it was
1: the uh, last two years of high school and uh, into, well, then into college, obviously. And since then, I've been very uh, uh, intentional with reading. But I would say it would probably, say, 16, 17, through, uh, uh, well, ultimately, ultimately through the Holy Spirit, but through some uh, wise people in my life at the time and uh, a uh, savvy youth director in Lodi, California.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I think discipleship has been huge for me, loving the word, too. I think the, those key people coming into my life and, and speaking the word to me, they they would speak the the verses to me that just uh, spoke to me and what I was going through in those different moments throughout high school and college, too, where I just I just began to love God's word because I realized how much was there um, selfishly almost for, for me. And so, um, anyways, um, there's a couple of good questions on here. Some people... Uh, and uh, I I think this would be good for you to answer, but the question is essentially, um, how do you feel about using um, different translations when you read the Bible or paraphrases, uh, maybe like the message I think they might be uh, referring to? And then how do you go, how do you study the Bible? So I think those kind of can be combined. So how do you feel about, yeah, different translations and how do you study the Bible?
1: I I have uh, enjoyed the uh, ESV, yeah. that we hear at, uh, at the Redemption, all the Redemption churches use. Um, I have really personally no problem. I think the ESV, from what I've read, is, is uh, the clearest direct word-for-word translation of the Bible. Um, I have some people uh, that I know, for example, in Sedona, that they're, they're King James. And I have tried to read the King James, but it's difficult. Yeah. And it's difficult for us to understand that in, in today's world. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, uh, so I don't have a problem with uh, other translations either. I think y- use the other translations. I do think um, some translations, uh, you should look at how they are translated and just pay attention to that because you might find a translation that translates a verse very differently than nearly every other translation. And, and that's just something to be careful of. Uh, but in regards to, like, the Message Bible, which is a paraphrase, um, I actually really enjoy reading from it. And when I I don't read from it personally a lot, but a lot of uh, uh, guys that I read and authors I read or preachers I I might listen to, they'll read from the Message Bible. And I'm like, man, that is good. And and so I don't think their translation method is the best for, like, uh, the Message. So I think things could get misconstrued for us as the reader. But uh, I think... Far, like very often our relationship with God, when we're talking to others about it, we're paraphrasing the gospel and we're paraphrasing the Bible. And so I think it can be helpful when used wisely. And so um, a lot of, there's a lot of questions on here. Feel free to tag on and just like, what do you choose to read? How do you choose to read the Bible daily? Um, and how do you know what you should read? And I would say this is... Um, Tim Maughan is a pastor over at Redemption Gilbert, and he talks about, hey, try to read something every day. Even if it's just a verse or just a passage or a chapter, try to read something every day. Try to understand that every day. So whatever you end up reading, try to know what it means, and then try to do something every day. And so he says a lot of the passages that he reads will be a command or a way of life, uh, and so he tries to live that out that day. I would add on to that. Sometimes you might read a passage, and there might not be as uh, clear an application point, so I would say spend time praying about what you read that day, and asking God to give you more wisdom in regards to that. In picking books to the Bible, there's really a million different ways you can do that, and if you would love to hear some that might be helpful for you, um, shoot me an email, and I'll give you some Bible reading plans, or I'll tell you some different things you can do to to make your Bible reading go better. Um, I personally right now, I'm reading through the Bible Narrative by narrative, which is kind of confusing. And I'm using the Bible project on YouTube to help me. And so basically, I think I'm trying to read through a lot of the Bible in nine months. And rather than just read it like a textbook, like three chapters a day to get it done, I'm trying to read it story by story. So I might read the whole creation story. And then I might read the whole story of Noah. And then I might read the whole story of Abraham. And so uh, it's different. And uh, some, some days take longer than other days. Um, but that's how I'm reading right now, and I'm getting a lot out of that, especially in regards to the Old Testament.
1: I think I'm a little more uh, perfunctory in in uh, uh, regimented. Uh, I and I again, there's not a right way or wrong way. I've talked to Anthony and Vince about this. I think all Scripture. I think it's in Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is uh, is profitable, and I so I kind of like so I don't want to miss any of it. Now, granted, when I read. Uh, sections of like the genealogies I will admit I'm like yeah I got it and then I'll keep on going so that's maybe that's bad but that's what I do regarding that though I that's sorry
0: (laughs) everybody does it
1: (laughs) I've gone from doing the Bible historically chronologically uh, currently this year I'm doing what I did last year in that I wanted to read the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once so This is uh, again. In fact, I grabbed this off my desk this morning. I'm actually through day eight, and so I'm one day ahead. I kind of build myself a little buffer in
0: because I know. Don't let the right hand know what the left is doing. There, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's
1: just a. This is what I'm doing. So this specific one, in fact, I'm reading right now in Genesis, Matthew, Ezra, and Acts, and I will endeavor to get through this this year.
0: That's great. let me tag on to that. I actually told Randy to bring this stuff, because he, he's very, uh, maybe meticulous is not the right word, but I think he's meticulous in how he reads the Bible, and I appreciate that about you, Randy. Um, tell us more. I know you really care about Bible memorization, and that's kind of another discipline under Bible reading. Tell, share, with, share with us why you do that, and then how you do that um, in regards to, yeah, just this discipline.
1: Why, why I read a book years ago by uh, Dawes Trotman. He was the founder of Navigators. And during the World War II, he was living in San Diego. And he began, you've probably seen the little cards in Christian bookstores. They have little uh, Bible verses. And I would I would collect them, and I would put them in my car, and I'm going, I'm going I'm to learn these 20 verses this year. And I would find it in my car the next year and kind of get bummed out that I never actually did it when i read the book when i actually read his book it was enough of a motivation for me to get serious about it and uh i do it because it helps me focus on again it's more of a meditation for me i uh, would randomly cherry pick this is get kind of getting into the how uh the verses that had meaning for me uh Verses that we all know, John 3.16. Okay, i got to make sure I've memorized that one, for example. Then I got into the fact that, you know what, I want to learn. This is just something I wanted to do. I wanted to learn or know or have memorized a verse out of every book in the Bible. So that led me into that pursuit. Um, it began writing on three-by-five cards. The verses that I would have, my initial goal was to learn a verse per week when I'd started. And I started in oh nine and I stopped doing a verse a day in I think uh, twelve or thirteen. And I'm kind of like at this point I'm kind of tapped. Um, you yeah, have the whole
0: Bible, Bible memorized. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah the yeah. whole yeah the whole <laughs> Bible. Yeah the whole the whole five books depending <laughs> two. Um so how I do it and it's and it's for me and I, as I'm trying to. Uh, well, I highly recommend uh, you do it. I've found great solace in doing it. It's something I uh, do along with reading the Bible. So from the three by five cards, it went to typing the verses out on a Word document. So now I have it on a. Uh, uh, three and a half by eleven pieces of paper, or three eight and a half by eleven. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of like cross training because what I was doing was I had uh, the verses say in Romans, which I have uh, uh, let's say a lot of verses in Romans, and I would go, oh, here are the verses in Romans. Well, it's really easy to know the next verse because I'm I know it's going to be start with R Romans. So now what I'm doing is I've taken the verses on the ver- cards and I basically scattered them out on, on a desk. And so I've got, I could be a, a verse that I'm looking at on a Sunday, for example, that's in Revelation, but I also might have something from Genesis in there. So, and I just divide it up into seven. And this, as I was asked to bring, is okay. my box. And they are Monday through Sunday. So here's Monday, and this is what I will do on on Monday. And I'm fairly, again, disciplined with 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 doing it. And if I miss Monday, then Tuesday, I have Monday and Tuesday. But uh, that's how I've uh, done it. And then I found this, my lovely wife, and this is uh, this is printed up. This might be too much knowledge for you guys. This or too much. Um, she was working at a store, and I had these verses, and I would take them out to uh, a hot tub we had, and they would fall in and get wet. So she actually took uh, a fresh copy and had them laminated. So while I'm in the jacuzzi, again, That's the
0: most th- Sedona guy, this, I've this ever is, heard. P- <laughs> but I <it laughs> uh, couldn't it just memorize can- my Bible in the hot tub, <laughs> <laughs> so we got it laminated. We got it laminated. But I
1: guess also it goes back to the the, uh, the meditation, the quiet time. So for me to be able to kind of to to whip these through these, and then have and I'll again take all these out there. But this is kind of what I have left of uh, the laminated versions. Is again just to be intentional with the uh, the meditation and the memorization.
0: That's awesome. Um, there was a question on here, and I'll just kind of answer it quickly because we should probably move a little bit. But it says, how do you read the Bible without uh, our current cultural lens, but try to enter into the cultural context of the time, then given that, how do you live out the scripture of our current context? And so I would say with a lot of study. And so some. I think the Bible, I think God's word is for all people in all times in all places. I think that's true. That being said, I would be silly to think that God didn't use his people in their context to teach... Uh, his word uh, in a way that made sense to those contexts. And so I do think it's important for us to learn and understand what the cultural context they were in. But I think sometimes when we approach the Bible, we think it's more important to understand the cultural context of the Bible than it is to understand God's word itself and what he is speaking and so I would say be careful with that, too. And so I would just say it takes a lot of study. And I, What I usually do is I, I uh, go see what Tim Keller has written about it. And, then, um, and I think he's honestly very fair about um, not letting the cultural context um, influence how, how, how he interprets Scripture. Um, so that's a lot on, on the Bible. Real quickly, what's your biggest hope for our congregation when it comes to Bible reading this year? That they would do it. Yeah, I think <laughs>
1: it's simple. We, we've talked, and I think it was, I think you uh, or Vince was telling me that of the people that are actively in this congregation, it's 10%, as I recall. It might have been 5% that are actually reading their Bible. I mean, once a week, let alone every day. So
0: do it, read it, would be my hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I echo that in pretty much every way. Um, let's move on to... Uh, Praise as a discipline. I think this discipline kind of doesn't get talked about enough, but I'm going to read Psalm 100 for us really quick. And it says this. So I think praise is a uh, discipline that we save for Sundays, and um, that, that kind of bothers me, that we, we save a time of praise and worship of God only for Sundays. I think it's very important on Sundays, but I think um, there should be other moments where we seek to praise God. And so, Randy, my question for you is, what other moments besides uh, Sunday do you take time to sing praises to God? <laughs> he said golfing on Fridays, for those wondering.
1: Um, I, I also like the verse. It's First uh, Thessalonians, I think, 516, that we're uh, to uh, uh, rejoice always and pray without ceasing. And I think, I think it's my personality, too. I'm kind of a, I think I'm more upbeat than down personality. So I honestly uh, find joy and time to, uh, uh, through prayer, through the day, to uh, thank him and praise him.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm always when it comes to looking for other moments to sing praise. I I really, I've I found that God has created me and humankind as people that need to sing. I, I just think that's important, or need to praise. Maybe it's not sing for some of the hyper introverts in here, but I think all throughout the Bible you see a singing people of God. All throughout the Bible, and so. I'm always trying to find really good worship albums. I'll ask friends, like, hey, what's a really good worship album you're listening to right now? And um, or I'll ask even Randy or Vince or what they're doing. And so I think it's really important. And I try to find intentional times where I I praise God um, every day as well. And so usually it's in my car uh, listening to the iPod. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's very important for us. Um, Randy, let me ask you this. How does... A life of active praise change you.
1: I'm thinking. Uh, I think it just pra- it just changes your your mindset from uh, taking the focus off of 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 me and what I'm doing and about myself and my day and my problems. Uh, so it just changes my heart in that in that direction. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think. That's so good because I think God has created us to praise and worship mm-hmm. him and to give him glory because he's due all the glory out there. And so I think uh, I love that turning of the heart. It kind of reminds us of who God's really created us to be. Um, quick question here. It says, how do we praise God in the midst of heartbreak, sorrow, or bitterness? Is God okay with us praising him when we aren't clean or in a bad place? And I'll let you hit that first unless you want I would to just play.
1: say yes yeah uh, um, it's it's not our circumstances down here under the sun, but I mean we do have seasons we have seasons of we have seasons of mourning, and we have yeah. seasons of praise and and regardless of the hardships that we do have i I was thinking in fact, coming up here the prayer that we had as a as a congregation last Sunday for the last ten minutes as we were praying over Jeff that to me was so uh impacting it was so emotional but that was a time of you know praying and beseeching god for healing for the family for healing and through that though he should be praised
0: yeah i think that's uh, i think you nailed it on the head Uh, more people are asking similar questions one person said how do we praise as lament and um i think So for those of you that don't know what lament is, lament is this uh, all throughout the Bible, one-third of the Psalms are actually Psalms of lament, where David or whomever is kind of just, it almost sounds like complaining to God about things. And actually, next week, um, we're going to take time, the whole sermon, and talk about prayer as lament and how we can incorporate that discipline into our lives. Um, But I would just echo what Randy said, is just God wants our mess. God wants us to be able to bring all of that to. To him, he doesn't want us to stay in our mess. He wants to redeem our mess, but he's okay with us bringing that to him. So, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I think that's pretty much all the questions we got with praise. Um, any any heart you have for our congregation in regards to praise this coming year?
1: I think it, I was thinking praise also, but through these disciplines we're talking about through prayer and reading the Bible. And scripture memorization, I would just encourage each one of you to take the time, and it does take some time, but to do it. And to reorganize your schedule, however your schedule is currently uh, geared, but to find some time. You, know, I mean, you can read through the entire Old Testament and New Testament twice in 10 to 15 minutes a day. And I know we can, as a, as a body, find... Not the whole thing in one day.
0: N- no. Sorry, did I say <laughs> in whenever? a year. Yeah, in a year. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry.
1: Yeah, not a day. And also, as it relates to memorization and prayer, is to to pray about it, set up your own uh, schedule, uh, uh, your location of what works for you, but then to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say my heart, uh, particularly about praise, is that we would become a praising people, that that praise God. I think people are, I think the world is uh, moved or anyone is moved when they see how someone loves something. It almost causes them to, to love that as well. I remember my dad, I, would, I watched him passionate, passionately pray growing up and I knew my dad wasn't crazy. And I knew how he loved me and I saw how he loved God um, with just as much passion if not more. And uh, I just knew that God was real because of that. I knew that there was something to be had and found in God because of the way he prayed and praised God. And so my hope is that we would become praisers, deeply ingrained in part of our identity. And, you know, I I know I make jokes a lot about how late we show up to church. And I get life is crazy and hard and we have a bunch of kids. That's fine. But sometimes I think we come late because we don't value the praise moment as much as we should and so if that's you just be convicted by that and say man how can I be a little bit more intentional with my time so I can praise also corporately on Sunday with everybody Um, well that's that's all we have for today we hope it kind of helps us realign and seek some disciplines when it comes to um, seeking God and walking with God Will you guys thank Randy he was really nervous to come up here will you give him a hand He's been, whether you know it or not, for the last six years, Randy and Kelly um, have been pillars of causing this whole church to walk with God. They have been pillars. They've been absolute pillars causing us to remember that we need to daily be walking with God and having a relationship with God. And so I'm super thankful for Randy and Kelly because they have caused me to grow closer to God in both different ways. And so I love them a lot and I hope that you guys know how much they can bring to the table when it comes to this. Let me pray for us and then we'll get um, praising again. God, we, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the disciplines um, that are available to us uh, to encounter you more and to know you more and to interact with you more, and God. Too often we turn these things into very works-based things or idols or the or ways we feel better about ourselves. And God, help us to to not do that. And um, God, help us this year, this year of 2018 for our church here at Redemption Flagstaff. Help our hearts to be in line with you. Help us to be close to you. God, I'm reminded of, of what one of our leaders said at a meeting and what Vince said at our five-year anniversary, that if we're not doing this with you, God, we don't want to be doing this. God, we were made for a relationship with you, so help us to have a better relationship with you uh, this year. God, we love you, and we need you. Amen.